For Cybercrime Radio, I'm Scott Schober. Joining me today is Josh Sider, a contestant on season 11 of The Bachelorette. Josh was a cybercrime victim who had his Instagram account hacked. Great to have you on, Josh. Thanks for spending a little bit of time with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Scott. I appreciate it. Now, Josh, you're kind of a pioneer in mental health. You've got a very large following on Instagram. And again, as mentioned, we learned that your Instagram account got hacked. Take us through that and help us appreciate maybe what exactly happened and what were some of the outcomes? Yeah, so about three weeks ago, I was the victim of a hack, a social media hack on my Instagram, which is kind of home base for me. Instagram is, you know, the main platform through which I reach my followers. I'm not on X, I'm not on anything else. So Instagram really is the end-all, be-all for me. And it's a way for me to communicate with my followers. I have about 500,000 of them. Wow. So I have spent about seven years curating and developing my Instagram page. The focus is mental health because that's something that's very near and dear to me. And about three weeks ago, my worst nightmare came true when I realized that my Instagram had been hacked and a pretty despicable post had been put up. And that then caused kind of a national scene where hundreds and hundreds of media outlets were reporting that I had died. So that's kind of what I was dealing with. Wow. So really, you experienced an account takeover, and it was an outright lie. They were posting on your Instagram account as if you or somebody that represents you is making a post reportedly that you actually died. That's right. And the post stated that I had died and how sad it was. And, you know, some people have said, oh, this hacker's post seemed so genuine and sincere. It seemed to be lauding you as this mental health pioneer and how sad it was that you had seemingly taken your own life because in the post it gave hotline that people could text or call if they were struggling with their mental health, which the insinuation there is that I had passed by suicide. So they said, you know, the post seems so, you know, flattering. It's saying that you struggled with your mental health and how sad it is that you passed. I interpret it a completely different way as the victim of the hack. I see it as a almost tongue-in-cheek mockery of me basically making light of the fact that I've struggled with depression and suicide, and then, hey, Josh took his life, and it's so very sad, and, you know, that post going up on my page, although on its face and at first blush, it seems like a not menacing post. It wasn't hey, we have taken over Josh Sider's account, it was still menacing and intimidating because it was so subtle and it was just saying that I had passed and it was probably suicide, but not outright coming out and saying it was suicide. So the whole thing was just very disturbing to me. Um, And because the post appeared so sincere, people then started saying I was the one behind it and I was the one who posted it, which then has led to thousands and thousands of people barraging my inbox and my comment section with posts and basically just bullying me saying I was behind it all. I did this for attention. And so not only was the hack, you know, this traumatizing experience, but the fallout from the hack has been equally, if not more traumatizing and 
even three weeks later, I'm still dealing with hundreds of messages and people saying that I was behind it. So it's really been the worst month of my life, and it's caused a lot of distress. So, Oh, boy. So sorry to hear that. And I think the part that makes it probably very frustrating for yourself is you're trying to help people. You're relating to people that, hey, mental health, there are real problems. There's challenges there, and you're trying to help them heal them and reach that audience and do good. And here a hacker comes in, whoever it was, and I'm assuming you don't know who it is, is kind of making a little bit of a mockery of it, it sounds like from what you said. And that is disturbing. And you do have a very large group of followers on Instagram, and probably they gravitate towards you because you're providing information and you're providing encouragement and help to them. And here somebody's trying to undermine all of that. So you kind of shared with us how it was been the worst month of your life. How does it make you feel as you're kind of recounting some of these things to our listeners right now? And where is it going to take you going forward? Yeah, it's frustrating. I'm no stranger to frustration. I experienced people kind of similarly turning their backs on me when I was on The Bachelorette. So eight years ago, I appeared on The Bachelorette, as you mentioned, and I was a law student at the time, and I was just on the show like everyone else has ever been on the show. And as soon as I appeared on the show, people just started going in on me on social media and saying what a terrible person I was, and I was a professional exotic dancer at the time, and people went off about that. Oh my gosh, how is he an exotic dancer and a law student? He's a disgrace. So for me, I was like, I'm just a law student that's appearing on this television show. I don't know what I did to anger you guys so much. I'm just being myself. I mean, I'm sorry I'm a law student, and I'm sorry I'm an exotic dancer. I didn't know it would trigger you guys that much and I'm now experiencing kind of another iteration of that with this hack where my whole page for seven eight years has been dedicated to talking about depression and anxiety and suicide prevention and all I do is blog about that and then my account gets hacked and everyone turns on me and says oh you're a fake mental health advocate you were behind this so to answer your question the emotions are just frustration, but also I am cognizant of the fact that it's 2023, we live in the age of shock value, and everybody has, you know, a short attention span, and social media kind of encourages and incentivizes people, I think, to be nasty to each other. And so I take it all with a grain of salt. It's frustrating, but I understand it's social media, it's people behind a keyboard, they can write whatever they want. If I were to encounter someone in public, occasionally I'll go out in public, someone will recognize me. They're almost always very kind. They'll ask for a picture. They'll tell me that my posts help them get through their mental struggles. And so I think a lot of what I'm experiencing is just a product of technology. And so I don't take it too personal. And that kind of helps me temper my frustration and what I've been experiencing with this. So I think I have a pretty good perspective on despite kind of the firestorm that erupted over the hack. I don't take any of the nasty comments personal, and I understand it's just people projecting their own frustration in their personal lives onto a public figure on social media who just happens to be me. It sounds like you've got good perspective on it, and I think you have to have thick skin a little bit. Anytime you're in the public's eye, be it on TV, on social media, 
when you get hacked, it sounds like you've kind of got the combination of multiple things, which also takes it to another level. And people will tend to create their own narrative, perhaps, and that's not always very good and healthy. Now, maybe, Josh, how about from the standpoint of, so your account got hacked, you were able to log back on and, I guess, post and kind of provide some correction. Hey, I am alive. I'm here. It wasn't me. Somebody did hack my account. Have you done any precautions going forward so this doesn't happen again? Yeah, great question. So I've changed my password and, you know, I'm kind of paranoid about that stuff. I don't even have it saved on my phone. I just have the password written down somewhere now in a little mobile safe that's locked away. I have two-factor authentication, which I think is a great way, a great bulwark against hacking because that provides kind of a second step of protection. And so that I feel pretty confident with that. But, you know, anything can happen at any time. But I think those two steps of changing the password and then adding that two-factor authentication, I also do not share my password as I did before with anyone that works closely with me, the people that I think are, you know, oh, this is my best friend, and he also sometimes uploads posts for me and works as a de facto personal assistant, it's totally fine if he has my password. No, I don't do that anymore. I realize that friendships can end and people that you're once close to, even I've learned family members, can turn on you. And so I don't share my personal information now with anybody like I did before. And so I think with kind of those three steps in place, that will provide a buffer against this happening again, hopefully in the future. Yeah. I think what you just said is brilliant. Those three things is exactly what is often shared by experts. And I often, when I present, talk about the importance of long and strong passwords. Never reshare your passwords with friends or family or anyone else or log in with the same password on multiple sites. And the importance of that added layer of two-factor authentication really does make a big difference. So I'm glad you initiated those steps immediately because that will hopefully prevent it from ever happening again and taking you through this ordeal because you've been through, it sounds like an emotional roller coaster in addition to all of this. And it's going to take some time to kind of regain footing and refocus your life here. Although it has been, you know, stressful, I'm aware that it is a first world problem, right? At the end of the day, I simply had my social media hacked. You know, no one died, no pun intended, but <laughs> no one died Everyone's physical health is fine, and there's a lot bigger problems going on in the world than Josh Sider's Instagram getting hacked. So I'm well aware of that, and again, I try to situate it in the proper perspective that although regrettable and unfortunate, it's not the worst thing in the world. And I try not to adopt kind of a mentality of victimhood or walk around that way. And so I am constantly reminding myself that though difficult, it's not the worst thing in the world. What has been even harder, I think, is the media storm that occurred after the hack. You know, CNN was calling me and People Magazine and hundreds of TMZ and Extra and <laughs> Access Hollywood. And it's just been, it was hundreds and hundreds of people contacting me wanting a comment and then asking questions. Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? And then everything online. So that has been kind of adjusting to the higher visibility that I have now in, I guess, just in the media 
has been tough to adjust to. But again, it's nothing I can't do, and it's not the end of the world. So it's just kind of new, and it's change. And I try not to run away from change, but instead try to learn what I need to to adapt to it. So I'm trying to evolve and trying to become a better person because of that. And I think if we can make the best of a situation and grow from it, then it no longer victimizes us, and it just empowers us. So that's what I'm trying to do. Oh, excellent. Well, that's really good to hear. Again, we're sorry to hear all the ordeals that you did go through, but it sounds like, again, you have a great perspective on this, and I think you've taken the proper steps from a cybersecurity perspective, and hopefully our listeners will take heed in that and try to secure their own accounts so they don't fall victim to the same thing. So thanks again for joining us, Josh. Thanks so much for having me, Scott. I appreciate it. For Cybercrime Radio, again, I'm Scott Schober. Joining me today was Josh Sider, a cybercrime victim who had his Instagram account hacked. And for more information, feel free to visit our media at cybersecurityventures.com. 